What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Six Pod, your weekly Toronto sports podcast hosted by Jacob and Simon. We are back uh, with another episode. Jacob, some things happened uh, with with the Jays. Some things happen. Things are happening with, with the Leafs. Uh, but first, um, I think we owe Mark Shapiro an apology. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's fair to say, I think. I think uh, the last kind of word we talked um, about Shapiro was saying, hey, congrats on signing yourself, but can we see a little bit of action? And then this week goes and signs Kirby Yates, followed by George Springer. So um, here's to you, Mark Shapiro. Uh, well done, and I don't think he's done yet. So I'm excited to see how, how we do. But this is, uh, this is news I actually I was not expecting to hear. So. Overjoyed. I think, a, I think that's a great segue into our into our first uh, thing, uh, our first uh, segment here. Jacob, break the tr- uh, break the signing down um, term AEV and just kind of your overall uh, thoughts and, and and feelings towards it. Do you like it? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll start with the deal itself. So it was um, six years, one hundred fifty million dollars. Um, so he actually, the Jays actually came in well above um, the Mets because the Mets were the other. A close suitor in this in this free agency, uh, I believe they offered 125 for five years. And Springer, um, being in his age 31 season, obviously kind of wants the longest deal he can get because this is about his prime right now. So he's going to want to get the, the best deal possible. So he got 150 for six years. Honest with like, yeah, that's a lot of money. 150 million dollars over six years this is a lot of money, but. If this is kind of our window, son, that we've talked about in the past, we're entering our window of, of being competitive. We want that window to be in the next five, six years. And we need a player like Springer to be around for that long haul if we're expecting guys like like Slim Vlad or or Bo or Biggio or Guriel to be like studs in the next three, four years. I'm hoping that that Springer's gonna be close to what he is right now in, in the coming five, six years. And I think I think that's a great I think that's a great deal. Like I think his original ask was five for 150. So we are getting a little bit of a better average, average annual value on that contract. Um, it is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but um, you have to move money at one point if you want to make these moves, right? You're going to have to spend a little bit to get these big free agents. And he's he's arguably a top three center fielder in the game. So huge signing, huge signing by Shapiro. Yeah, like that's, a, that's not a bad deal, Simon. How... Uh, caught off guard were you when uh, this happened like uh, let's rewind a week ago tonight you know what would you have given the percentage of Springer signing with the Jays how um, like do you kind of understand the fit now that it's happened like I'm just trying to understand why he signed obviously term and, and such but do you do you think it's a, it's a good fit and and where would you have put this happening you know, if I said, Hey, what's the likelihood of Springer signing? Where would you put that? Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I thought he was going to the Mets. So like I thought we lowballed him. And then turns out the Max actually lowballed him too and, and wouldn't go above that. And the Jays were saying, Okay, this is our chance, let's take it. So props to Shapiro for kind of making sure he got in there and, and gave Springer a better deal than than what he was gonna get in uh, in New York. So 
I yeah, honestly, like as you can, if you listen to our last podcast, which I don't think many people did, but if you listen to our last show, you'll hear me say, "Oh, like get off your ass, man. Let's 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 make some moves." And and he did. So it, it was really out of nowhere for me. But if we're gonna talk about fit in this team, a lot of people are wondering. Now we have four outfielders. Um, what's the deal there? Are, are we gonna move one of them? One of them gonna DH? Um, so Simon, let me just break this down to you. You know how I see this fitting playing out. I see this playing out two ways. Um, so the one certainty of all this is that Springer is going to be our center fielder next year. Other than that, everything else is kind of in play. So I think you can, in between right and left field, you can either put Guriel, Grichik, or Hernandez in any of those positions. And aside from Guriel, Grichik and Hernandez will be um, very below average defenders. Um, but they'll both make up for that in their hitting, let's say, because maybe Hernandez is a little more than Grichik. So it's hard to say who kind of has an edge over anyone at this point, if they were just going to take these four going into the season. Um, but actually at this point, I don't think they're going to keep all four of those guys on the roster um, going into this first season. I think they might try and move either Guriel or Grichik and try and get a starting pitcher out of it. Starting pitcher is their need that needs to be addressed still. Um, they've signed Chatwood, who's like a four or five guy on a good day. So they're really looking for some middle to high end of the rotation pitching. And they have their eyes on free agents right now, like James Paxton. Um, I don't know how serious their talks are with them, but after last week, I wouldn't be surprised if we pull something out like like a James Paxton. And, and he fits in, let's say, the three next year because – if you think about that, if we're if we're adding Pearson to our not Pearson, sorry, if we're adding Paxton to our rotation, um, I'm getting a little bit off topic here with the outfielders. But if we're adding someone like Paxton to our rotation, then in fact we could have all our outfielders stay and possibly one of them be the DH. So at this point in time, with no trades going on, which is the other scenario I was going to talk about, um, I see someone like either Grichik or Hernandez becoming the DH next season. Springer in the center field, and then Guriel in left field, and then either Grichik or Hernandez, Hernandez in right, and then going around the diamond. Likely, based on what Shapiro and Atkins have said, I can see Vladdy getting the start at third, um, especially if we don't make any other moves before now and then. Um, I see Bo obviously starting at short, Biggio at second, and I'm thinking Rowdy Telez at first right now. I don't know if that's really our best option there, but that's kind of the only option I'm seeing right now. And then behind the plates, I think it'd be Danny Jansen or Alejandro Kirk, who a lot of people love. So I'm hoping they'll make more moves, especially for starting pitching. But I think a, a corner corner infielder would also really help the team right now, as we're not sure where Vlad's going first or third. And we're not sure if Telez is kind of ready to make that everyday starting assignment kind of thing. So sorry for that long breakdown, but lots to talk about for this team because the signing of Springer kind of looks like pushes us into a contention window and we're expecting guys like Vladdy or, or Bo to really take off this year. Like we're going to need people around them. So it's, it's, uh, it's so exciting to look forward to though. More excited about the Jays than I've been since probably Josh Donaldson was here. So it's great stuff. And I think it uh, just like reinforces the uh the seriousness that the like 
front office has about this team, right? Like, you know, you don't go sign uh, George Springer if you're not uh, actively trying to um, compete and win and and all of those things. So I, I think, uh, yeah, it's so, like an exciting time. Another thing, too, with the additions of, of Springer and Yates, you can kind of tell that free agents are looking at Toronto as potential um, contenders coming this season because guys like Springer who've won in the past or guys like Yates who are going into kind of like the second half of their career without kind of any wins yet, um, they're they're looking to to do something in these in these thirties in their thirties. So uh, I'm I'm encouraged by that and hoping other free agents start to follow suit. You know, Trevor Bauer as of right now is still a free agent. Maybe by the next pod he'll be signed somewhere but trevor bauer is a free agent jt romuto is a free agent um james paxton like i said a free agent so there are guys still i'm sure they have their eyes on they've been in, in trade talks with other teams too regarding starting pitching so lots to look forward to in these coming weeks so uh where do you see them uh where do you see them finishing if if this team is going to take the field as is um no additions no no uh, subtractions, no trades. As is, where do you uh, where do you see them finishing? Okay, guys. As of right now, let's let's put a quick timestamp on it so that if anyone accuses me of anything, we know this is January twenty fourth, twenty twenty one, right after the George Springer and Kirby Yates signing. I see them being a wild card team or second in the AL East. It's also depending on kind of the structure. I'm pretty sure they're doing the the eighteen playoffs again this coming year, Simon. So. Um, if they do that, I see them being in the playoffs for sure, either in a wild card position or second in the East. So I don't think they have the juice quite yet to take the Yankees if the Yankees are fully healthy, but I absolutely seeing them taking the Red Sox, the Orioles, and with the Rays dropping all the people they did um, this, this offseason. I don't see the Rays competing at the same level, but somehow – they're going to make me look stupid and everyone else looks stupid. So that's why I'm kind of debating either the second or third spot, but they definitely are putting themselves in a playoff position without a doubt. All right. Uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for that uh, lowdown. Yeah. Jacob. You know, it. you know, they call me uh, the manalist. Uh, I took Greg Zahn's title. That's all. Awful. <laughs> that's awful. Oh my um, but um Anyways, Simon Leafs, uh, they had a pretty good week, right? I think they were three and one, two and one this week. Yeah, um, we are. Uh, we're at five wins, two losses on the season, so in in, in seven games. So three uh, and one. So three and one this past week. They uh, they played Winnipeg. They played Edmonton. Edmonton, Edmonton twice and Calgary. Yes, sir. And their one loss coming against Tyson Berry. <laughs> and the Edmonton Oilers. So, what are we uh, what are we seeing this past week that's either encouraging or or demoralizing? Or because I know I know today all, all we the had, above. Because uh, I know today we had an injury come with uh, Jack Campbell, bit of a, a groin injury from what I heard. Um, we have Joe Thornton out this week. Um, I think you said ribs. Am I wrong? Yeah, it's it's a fractured rib. Um, yeah. Both uh, both Thorn and and Roberts are, are gone for about a month. Um, Campbell Austin Austin's playing right. Our boy Austin, he's uh, 
Yeah, he uh, Campbell Campbell uh, um, didn't want to explain what happened in the post game. He was just so passionate about the win and how happy he was that he could give his teammates the two points. Um, I think the I think the reporters asked like three or four times, and Campbell was not gonna re- reveal. Um, he finished the game. I don't know what, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, what a good guy. He's so good. I would run through a brick wall for him. Um, if I see Michael Hutchin- Hutchinson backing up Freddie Anderson, I'm going to have a mental breakdown. <laughs> we la- we la- like we lost Dell on waivers. And I, I like, I, I told my therapist, listen, Hutchinson's gone, right? And she said, yes, Simon, he's in Colorado. He, he will never be back. So how did she he lied. Back? She lied and he's back. And so there is a, there is a possibility that uh, Hutchinson is um, going to be backing up. Depends on, on what Campbell uh, looks like. But yeah, no, let's, let, let's run some things down. So the season's okay. 12.5% done so far, which is kind of quick, actually. Like you, you don't think about it, but... Uh, um that's a uh one one eighth one seventh one eighth or one seventh of the way through so it's pretty much over are the Leafs (laughs) in a playoff position they are right now um Marner is currently leading the NHL in points right now Sherm no yes sir I'm gonna have to fact check you there it is actually Kyle Connor no no it is it's Kyle Connor What's... Nine points. Sure, Runners at eight. No way. Yeah, I'm, is, I'm, I'm is Winnipeg serious. Play, is Winnipeg playing right now? Um, let's see. Because mm, as of yes, then, they are. Okay, so then yes, Kyle Connor has gotten a point within the time of this podcast recording. Um, but anyways, Marner is looking good. Um, Matthews, I don't know, man. Um, he played today. Apparently, it was his like wrist or hand that was uh, bothering him. Are we gonna Are we gonna address this uh, this little disagreement Matthews and uh, Kiefer had after that that game that loss against Edmonton? Is that maybe the reason he uh, he sat? Or are we gonna speculate? Or are we gonna just say? I think we're gonna do all of the above, Jacob. Okay, um, let's do it. Uh, so. A quote that, and this was in a direct quote, but basically Matthew said after the loss against Edmonton, saying that he was frustrated about the pregame scout and how the Leafs played uh, to contain um, Dreisaitl and McDavid, but as a result lost their own identity and never really got a foot, um, never really got going, and which was true. They did not look good. Uh, they didn't look like the Leafs um, and so, so on and so forth. I take that as a little bit of a a, a jab at Sheldon Keefe. I, I think there is a little bit of a subtlety uh, to that. Uh, what do you think? Just on that quote, like I would say that's a pretty direct. It's like, pretty direct, but I don't know yeah. if it's like worth because he missed Matthews missed practice the next day and then he missed the next game. So, like I, I honestly because you said he he was showing no like signs of discomfort and pain after the game right and he didn't comment on any injuries or 
or report anything after the game. So yeah, there was no like uh, like play or, or anything like that. But when he said he had this hand, like when it was his like hand or, or wrist that was acting up, he has had some issues with it. And there were issues with it last year. But like he looked not good today. Um, and like he looked like just disengaged, um, not really like the Austin Matthews. He scored a goal. But like it wasn't really like a like a like an Austin Matthews goal. Like it was like a deflection. Like it was like an accidental deflection. Like it wasn't any skill. Um, he like he looked like um like his conditioning was out of uh, sorts. Like he just didn't look uh, good today. And when asked about it in the post game, he said that yeah, you know, I, I feel good and I feel more than ready to play and I'll I'll just monitor it and whatever. But I don't know. There, there, there may be something more to that. Um, I know the Leafs just as an organization are very, very, very strict on what information comes out, especially after the Matthews COVID-19 report. Um, so we'll never know, I guess, the extent of it or, or whatever. But no, Matthews did not. Well, we got there. we got our, our sources. So we'll dig into those. We'll get something for you guys next week. Um, it takes um, a little time, these things, right? Thornton and, and Roberts are, are injured, as I said, four months. Oh, sorry, four weeks, one month. Uh, and that prompted uh, Elliot Friedman to say that the Leafs are actively looking to add to their top sixth forward group. So that's also that's so, interesting. So let's 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 like let's take a little pit break here, Simon. Are we saying free agent signings? Are we looking to trade some some prospects? We're looking to trade some picks. We're looking to trade forwards for forwards. What are we looking for here? I, I, I actually have no idea because like it, the, the season is so early right now that like teams who will not be in the playoff race in like a month and a half still think they're going to make the playoffs right now. Do you know what I mean? So like teams are not sellers right now. So it's going to be like a trade for trade or like a, like a player for player. Um, And I think that like it's super early in the season for, for teams who are not, gonna be in the playoffs to be like yeah okay let's sell let's go on so i i, I don't know um we still have john Tavares and mitch marner um the two games that or the three games that we or yeah it would be two games that we have not got william steelander hey <laughs> um so right like right now i i don't think there's like any urgency um for yeah. that i i i'm really happy with justin hall man he looks so good. I'm I'm going hit. I think he's going to win the Norris Trophy this year. Justin Hall for Norris. You heard it here first. He looks great. Um, are we breaking that? I think are we, we are, man. Okay. I think that's the title for this pod, Justin Hall for Norris, because yeah. he he looks like like a solid top four defenseman and a name that we'll bring up a little bit later in this podcast. Mike Babcock just did not want to play him when I would say I would fully say that Justin Hall is to me looked the best defender this year for the Leafs by far like like not even close like defensively just really really sound TJ Brody has disappointed me in the in the six five six games we played seven games we played he got off to a rocky start but these last couple of games has looked um good again it's tough though because we're comparing him to Cody Ceci and anything is better than Cody Ceci not like being short-handed is probably better than than having Cody CC in the lineup. So, so 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 Simon, let me let me do a little something here. So when I look at defenders, I give them the eye test, and that's essentially how I judge them for the rest of their career. Um, I don't really care that much about their statistics. 
um, their defensive edge, things like that. So that's, you know, a main reason why I don't really like Travis Dermott. But moving forward, I saw TJ Brody play today and he had this one play, Simon, where he faked the shot and then passed it over. But when he tried to pass it across the line, um, there was someone there before he passed it, yet he continued to pass it. So it's a 2-1-1 going back the other way. Brody's the only guy back, you know, lays out on the ice to try and block that um, that pass. I forget who it was on the Flames who was, who was doing this, but easy little pass just over the body. And if it weren't for, like, the puck just bouncing over or the guy's stick, that's an easy goal. So, um, yeah, so TJ Brody is marred forever in my eyes um, based off this one play. So it's going to be tough for him to kind of make it up for me, but hopefully he can. I'm a I'm a TJ Brody supporter as of right now. Um, I'm more of an analytics guy when it when it comes to to, to like defense, um, like the most uh like unorthodox like looking like play styles. Um, defensemen often are, are are super super effective, but again, I get it. I detested the look every time Cody CC like like stepped on the ice last year and so i get that um tavares man he is a mean 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 player he looks great i uh, didn't look super good today um he had like a lot of energy in like the first and like second period but didn't really do anything special but regardless he looks great um the the off season i think really really helped him man big uh big goal for our uh Toronto-born boy, Wayne Simmons, eh? Lil, Huge goal, man. Little Wayne train? Fake the pass, and then, then you know, a little back heel into the net, a little soccer stuff there, but good for him. I think that was his 500th career point and 100th career power play point. Or power play first goal. goal as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Wow, just a night. Just yeah, a night there was like a lot Wayne. of like milestones tonight um, within like two plays. Uh, yeah, so that was cool to see, I think. Just going to, like, highlight that. Um, bless you. Uh, Kachuk, man, he's an idiot. Like, he... So, like, was was Campbell... Just to break everyone down again, we talked about Campbell being injured. Was Campbell injured on that play, or did he get nope, on that play. injured? Okay. On that play. No, 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 no. Like, he was already injured. And um, Kachuk just with his like full on body weight just lays on top of Campbell. Like what an absolute dummy, bro. What a This is dummy. Brady, right? This is Brady. Oh, no, no, no. This, no, this is, is, uh, is Matthew. Yeah, man. Cause Brady's the Sens guy and he's like a nice guy. He's a goal. He's like scorer. a little bit lesser version, kind of like diluted version. He's still a, he's still a Kachuk man. Like I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to like highlight, like they are a breed of a player, but he is a little bit like nicer. Okay. Um, little bit kind of less intense regardless i think if wayne simmons doesn't plaster him into the boards next game i'm gonna question are they playing the flames again yeah on uh on on tuesday i'm gonna question why we signed him because if he is not gonna do that what's the point hey we got the scarbs boy coming in so i mean i mean that's not a train you want to see coming at you we're gonna talk about uh analytics zach bogosian is probably the one of the worst analytical defensemen in the entire league. However, when I see him like bully people in front of our uh, before, like in front of our own net, 
that makes me happy. I think like that is kind of cool. So yeah, I, I kind of, it's kind of similar to what you said. Um, they got to pass the eye test. But anyways, uh, I just wanted to throw that out there because yeah, he is like just an idiot, man. Um, I, I think maybe I would feel a little bit different if he was like playing for my team. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. He, he, you don't do that. You don't lay on, on a hurt goalie, man. It's like uh, how how Leafs fans used to feel about Darcy Tucker, right? Or or Ty like Domi. Kadri almost when Kadri would just yeah, get Nazem every single playoffs. Yeah, the the Brampton boy, Nazem. But I guess, I guess it's um, I guess it's it's like it's a player. Every team kind of needs a little bit of a player like that, especially in hockey. I find we um, haven't had a player like that for a while. Now we've got little little Zach Bogosian. And uh, Wayne Train, choo choo. We got we got Steelander too. You know he's gonna be he's gonna be fighting for the boys. So, um, you know uh, he he was the second he had the second uh, um, highest amount of hits today. That's he's, hey man, I'm telling he's you, physical. He's physical out there. <laughs> Get all right. He gets the uh, he gets the plays done. Uh, we gotta talk about. The block, block, the blockbuster trade. Patrick Line and Pierre. And some Luke. No, no, no. So who did who did Line get packaged with? So Line got sent with Jack Rosovic. Okay. Who... So, so don't care. So, no. anyways, Patrick Line essentially traded for Pierre Luke Luke Dubois, Dubois. and a third round pick. And a third round pick. So tell me about break down this trade for me real quick. Tell me, tell me who this guy is because I've never heard of him. Um, tell me why Line A wanted out. Tell me why they waited this long to make the trade. Just lay it on me, Simon. All right. So we got to go back to the summer here, Jacob. And basically, what happened was Line's agent came out and said it would probably it would probably be. Uh, mutually beneficial if uh, for the team and line a if line a was traded it's kind of a it's kind of a like a bomb to drop um not with like camp not even starting right and so line a goes um and obviously like the first question that line a gets asked in camp is oh so you asked for a trade and his response was uh i'm here aren't i so like it's it's clear that Line A wanted out of Winnipeg. Line A wanted a bigger uh, stage, apparently. He... Something I love. Something I love. Let me just say this real quick, Sam, before you keep going. Something I love about athletes is that when they don't want to answer a question, they make it as painful as possible for for the media. And a lot of the times, the media does deserve it. But you just look at some of these interviews, man. It's like. It's so clear. It's just so clear. They want to do anything else but answer these guys' questions. But anyways, keep going. So when that dropped, when Line A wanted out, that was intriguing to a lot of teams because Line A is a, is a super special player, elite goal scorer, Best player in the 2016 draft, some would say. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that the if the best player in the 2016 draft got traded for for picks, basically, I, I that's 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 wow. 
Uh, imagine packaging a player with picks from the front. Like, shut up, Jacob. And I just want to say before I keep going here, this debate between Line A or Matthews is now over. How crazy is this, Jacob? First, it was Matthews. Second, it was Line A. Third, it was Pierre Luc Dubois. So take in the teams just swapped second and thirds. Like Line A is now for Columbus. And Pierre-Luc Dubois is now for Winnipeg. Like, that's weird. And I don't think that's ever happened before. But anyways, the debate's over. Matthews is the far better player. I don't think I would trade Matthews for anybody. Really? Honestly, Connor McDavid. But that's probably okay. it. What about what about Nathan McKinnon? The age. How old is Nathan McKinnon? Like, 29? 28? You tell me you wouldn't take a, nope. a prime? Nope. No, no, no. I think that's, I think that's evil. Nope. He's 25, man. No, he's not. He he is. No, no. 1995, September 1st. No, there's some, uh, there's some. uh, No, it's Simon. No, no. I'm going to look into that birth certificate because. You look into it. You look into it. But I think I could name five players that I would trade for Austin Matthews. Who? Give, give them to me. First of all, Matthews is only two years younger than McKinnon. So, okay. I'll give you my list, Simon. I would take Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. I would take Nathan McKinnon. I would take arguably Jack Eichel. And I would take... Are you crazy? And I would take, listen, Eric Carlson in his prime. <laughs> you, what are you on, Jacob? That, what, what, what list was that? I, I, it's Connor McDavid. That's my list. End of story. We can we, I, that can be a segment on another episode. I like I like Austin. I think That's Austin's crazy. a good no, kid. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. The debate's over. Okay. Can we can we agree that Lion is, is is the lesser player than Matthews now? For now. For oh, hey, but hey, let's say let's say he gets into a like. What if he loves Columbus? Columbus loves him. He's gonna give a little more there. Okay. James Harden, example A, exhibit A. Hated Houston. Comes to comes to uh, man. No Brooklyn. Like you can't like Pierre Luke uh, Patrick Line is not a, a James Harden within like basketball basketball. But, but, but anyways, Jacob. Okay. My point being. Okay. Okay. Line wanted out of Winnipeg to 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 be to perform out of Winnipeg. Apparently the 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 room started to become a, a little bit toxic. Um. What happened to Dustin sure. Bufflin, by the way, speaking we'll, we'll of get uh, the Jets? We'll get into that, too. We'll okay. get into that, too. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that because I, w- I want to get through this PL, PLD trade. Let's fast forward to Pierre-Luc Dubois. In the summer, he needed a, needed a new contract. As soon as he signed his two-year contract, he said, yeah, I want to trade. I want it. I want out of Columbus. Okay, so now we have two. I don't Ohio. I, I, yeah, literally. And now we have two kind of like really, really good hockey players up that are looking for trades. So it, it, it just kind of made sense. The the, the Pierre-Luc Dubois um, situation is very, very interesting to me. The game before the trade happened, Pierre-Luc Dubois was benched 
for two periods because by torts. And it's no secret that torts has given it to Dubois before um, in the bubble. Like there are, there are clips of just Dubois get like just receiving um, just torts his fury. And so that when, when, when Dubois wanted out, the assumption was that it had to do with torts. <laughs> it was really, really funny how this all came about because like first there was just like speculation, right? Like that Dubois, Dubois wanted, wanted a trade out and reporters were asking like the, the blue jackets front office and they weren't good. Like they weren't confirming it. Um, this was early in the season or like early in training camp and PLD uh, Dubois was asked and he's like, yeah, no, I, I don't know where those uh, reports came from. Like, like he wasn't confirming it. Tort, like five minutes into like a radio interview, literally says, well, yeah, you know, he wants out. And uh, he like, li- like he's like, Torts doesn't like that type of stuff. Right. He right. like, he Torts said like, Hey, if he wants out, he wants out, whatever, whatever, whatever. So benched and like, like should have been benched because like, I don't know if I, I sent you the clip of like his shift right before the benching, but like, man, he was like just out for like a stroll. Like he was not engaged. He wasn't battling. Like he looked like he hated it and he probably did. He, he hated playing for Columbus. Um, there were some like internal things, toxic room, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If the trade didn't get done, apparently he was going to be sat uh, the, the, the matinee game against uh, Tampa. Like it, apparently it was bad. So whatever, the, the, this trade gets pulled or the, the, like the trigger gets pulled or whatever. Then Pierre-Luc Dubois straight up says it wasn't because of torts that I wanted out. Interesting. And his, and his response was actually uh, very like genuine. I thought like it, 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 he, he spoke well. But then that leads me to wondering what went so wrong about wanting, like, why there was so much um, um, disinterest in, in, in playing for the Blue Jackets. And so there's a couple of things, Jacob, and I know this is complete speculation, but... That's what we do here. We yeah, what, what is this podcast if there isn't any speculation, right? The factual okay. information is, is, is very, very minute here. It um, doesn't really matter, yeah. So... I, I, maybe it's just because it's Ohio. Yeah, that's, that's fair. A, that's a, that's, that's a number potential. one. That's number um, one for sure. Maybe it is torts and, and it is something. And maybe there, something happened on the team. But I can't remember a player. And there are some similarities to like the James Harden situation with like Pierre-Luc Dubois when like he didn't okay. want to play with his team but and he wasn't performing. But like James Harden still put the ball in the basket. Yes, true. At like at the very least, like Dubois was visibly not trying, like like visibly, and towards Adam, and rightfully so. And like the like the shots on the bench, he, he, Dubois could not care less. Like he was not upset. He was he was fine. He was just sitting on the bench, happy happy as could be. So there, you know, like why why did you why like why like why what do you think could have happened? Like if if so, what if, what if, for example, Dubois is a rookie in his rookie year, right? A couple of years ago, 
say, I don't know, he's getting into it with Torts. Torts says, can you, can you rank your uh, work ethic on a scale with the rest of the team? <laughs> say he does that. Uh, Torts ends up telling some of the vets. Um, essentially, he, he kind of gets, you know, put on that, put on that kind of cross there and, and kind of crucified by the rest of the team for, for ranking all their work ethics, but that's just another, you know, speculation I could see happening. I don't know. It sounds crazy, but crazier things have happened. I think something happened with the, with the change room in there. I, I think I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, that, that, that's my two cents. Um, but it's an interesting, I'm, I'm excited to see how line a and torts get along. Because I think that relationship is going to be electric. I thought Lonnie was a little injured, or was he just not interested in playing? I think I think it's that. I I, I yeah for sure. I don't. I think it's not. Um, I think it was a similar situation to Dubois, but it just wasn't as apparent. Like at least Lonnie was like, yeah, I can't play. My wrist hurts, or my like my shoulder. Dubois was like, yeah, suit me up, coach, and just would not try on 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 the team, and so. Clearly, like Columbus had to act fast when that happens. Like you can't accept that. And I'm excited to see. Like I don't like the fact that Pierre Luc Dubois is now in our division. Um, he had You're our more num- scared of him than than Patrick Liney. Well, he had our number in the plan round, right, with Columbus. So that's just Columbus having our number. It's not. That's, anyone just, that's just the Leafs not playing good yeah. hockey. Actually, it was yeah, Columbus exactly. didn't beat us. We lost to Columbus. There's a difference. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited to see Line a in a Columbus uniform. Uh, I think both teams got what they wanted. Like, I don't think there's a, a clear, clear winner. Um, if I had to pick, I would say Columbus did get the better player. Um, Arguably, you know, the best player of the 2016 draft. Ha ha ha! Yeah, that brings us. That's a good one. I'm not even gonna like. I'm not even gonna react because I know that's what you want, and I know our three listeners that are listening to you right now, um, want to hear that. So let's talk about the last segment. Um, Mike Babcock. And you highlighted, uh, just. Uh, about towards a, a very uh, very specific hypothetical situation. And uh, if if anybody did not catch the satire, there is that exactly happened with the Leafs with Mitch Marner though. Just a quick backstory though for anyone who who does not know. Um, in 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 2016, Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Young Guns, very exciting to humble them. Babcock made Marner uh, list all of the players who like would work the hardest and all the way to who would work not the hardest. And so Bab- uh, Marner made that list. It's also to, it's also like important to note here that Marner's 18 years old. Mike Babcock is Mike Babcock. You can have your thoughts about him, but he is like an established coach in the NHL. If he, if you, if he asks you to do something, you're going to do it. And so obviously Marner made that list and this is where the stories get a little bit confusing. 
the original reporting said that Babcock posted it up on the uh, board or posted it somewhere where anybody can, everybody could see and said, here, here's where Marner, here's what, where Marner ranks you. According to Mike Babcock via the athletic article written by Pierre Lebrun, this just past week said that uh, Babcock said that that's not how it went. Apparently Bozak um, came in after the, after the meeting with uh, Marner and said, and apparently Babcock showed Bozak. Apparently Babcock went right up to Marner and said, Hey, do you want me to address this? Marner said, no. Babcock said, Oh yeah, you know, I, uh, I should have, uh, I should have done it. And I, uh, you know, looking back, I, uh, I, I sewered him and, uh, you know, I just kind of get pucks in deep. And so that's where, that's where the stories kind of, kind of, um, go, go through here. And, and, Let's be very clear. Mitch Marner is not the only individual that has uh, or has been um, victim to Babcock's inappropriate tactics. And and Jacob, you read the article because you have a subscription now. And I, I showed you a clip before <laughs> before filming of him talking about it. And I got the impression that it was a very, very... Like not like self righteous, but like painting, painting Babcock in a in a positive light. Maybe it has to do with him getting the NBC commentator contract, or maybe it has maybe that's the first step for him to get a, a head coach position in the league. again. I don't know, but I felt both art both the article and just him talking today was very disingenuous. Where are you at with just this whole? story i know it's been reported and and talked about and talked about again and and now it's been brought up again and and etc but i don't think you and i have ever really just talked about the the story so where are you at with like your feelings uh to to babcock i i know you joke about him uh on the podcast and and things like that but like where do you actually like what are your actual thoughts on on him as a, as a coach and kind of what what transpired here Uh, Jacob, I cannot hear you. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay, sorry about that. Um, must have, I think I pressed mute by accident. But yeah, what you were saying, um, I wasn't when this story kind of first broke. I wasn't the biggest like least follower. I just kind of heard that Marner had an issue with Babcock and it involved telling telling the teammates kind of how Marner viewed them as as workers so it wasn't the full story but I kind of had an idea about it and I said okay like it's not the best thing to do but I don't think that's a fireable offense a fireable offense I don't think that's like the biggest deal I think you can kind of get over at that as a team but obviously as a rookie that that sucks um, I will say one thing about Babcock that I don't think he gets enough credit for um, he is he is a proven winner and say what you will about some of his ethics and his, his coaching uh, style. I gotta stop you there. I gotta stop you there because he, like, Simon, he he's won KK. gold medals. He's won Stanley okay. Cups. No. Two, Don't two tell gold, me that he had a good gold, roster. Two gold. Two okay. golden. Yeah. Two gold medals. One Stanley Cup with a stacked Red Wings team. 
One. The, one. So, one. He, it, he, did he win? Yes. Did did he win gold? Yes. Is is Mike Babcock one of the like most um, influential and 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 prominent, well known coaches in Canadian hockey? Yes. Is he an established winner, and that should be his reputation? I don't think so. Like, I don't have. I don't understand. For like Thirty-five years, and he 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 won a cup. How many cup. playoff runs? How many playoff runs were they on though? So in those years. I think he's got to the like the finals like maybe three or four times. Yeah, but even make the playoffs. I think he I think the Red Wings had some sort of streak going for a while where they didn't miss the playoffs for like a bunch of years in a row. And you can't quote me on that because I don't actually know if that's true. I just think I heard a rumor about that. So I'm going to go with that right now. But I also kind of going with this thing of him being kind of a winner, consistent, uh, established. I believe that this kind of new age of players, and we talked about this a little earlier, Simon. Um, as a coach, you probably need to be not doing that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Um, we, I'm sure you could get away with that kind of stuff um, and get away. I'm sure you could kind of do that stuff, and it was almost normal if we're talking like 30 to 20 years ago. Um, but I think recently with all this kind of new light kind of shed on mental illness and kind of the, the impact athletes go through, uh, whether it be from fans or, or coaches, I think you have to be much more mindful of how you're treating your athletes. Um, and, and just know- the millennial athlete too, right? Like the athlete, then the high performance athlete um, is going to have a lot more. It's just going to be need to be coached differently. And and I think Babcock was, was caught in, his old ways in this situation. Do you think, um, like, do you, th- and I, and, I, and it's so tough because we don't really know. We will never know really what happened because I, I know Marner's not going to talk about it again. He was very, yeah, he's very- probably tired of that. He's probably tired of that. So um, like, what do you think? Do you think Babcock is, uh, um, uh, 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 like should Babcock coach in the NHL again and then NHL going like um, with, you know, the, the, the Cody Franson stuff and, and just other people's like stories about him. Like does the league buy into that still? Like, is he, so I, me, I think he is going to also... coach. I think he wants to coach again. I don't know if he it will get the opportunity. And that's what, I, what I'm asking there is like, so, so Simon going I had a conversation with someone earlier today um, going on this kind of Babcock um, topic um, the past two, three years in not only NHL, but kind of Canadian sports, we've seen a lot of whistleblowing, a lot of misconduct that's kind of been shed into new light. You'd want to talk about, I think Bill Peters uh, talk about Don Cherry. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Greg's on the manalist. Um, we have people from around the Canadian sports world that have been accused of things that have been like fired that have been, you know, put into this new light with, with all I, I said earlier with the mental illness and the, and the just kind of newfound sense of, not sensitivity, but I'll say sensitivity just for, for this sake that 
we're we're living in a world where you can't just say whatever you want anymore just and say oh it's just tough love i'm just coaching hard like you just can't do that stuff right now it's it's not it's not okay to do anymore and i think he was kind of caught in this period um where all this was happening and he was kind of exposed um in a new light where he wasn't he wasn't expecting to be if you know what i mean i'm not trying to say that what he did was okay i'm not trying to say that what he did was was terrible I'm just kind of saying that the, the culture Canadian sports is going into right now is probably not something he's used to, not something all these other guys were used to. And I'm not excusing their behavior because a lot of it um, isn't excusable. So I just think this new kind of new wave of athletes we're seeing in, in professional sports, it's, it's hard to do this really tough kind of win at all costs coaching style now because there's so much more to consider um, as, as players and coaches and, and fans kind of progress in their thinking. So it's 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 tough to say AFL coach again, to be honest with you, after I don't know, Simon. I, I don't see him doing it anytime soon. And that's what like that's what he said in the interview. Um kind of too, right? Where he said, like, yeah, I'm not, you know, actively searching, but I I, I miss the game and you know, I, it's, you know, he, he interviewed for the, for the Capitals job, didn't get that. And so we'll, we'll see, I, I, I guess time will tell. And I think you bring up a really, really good point about just the, the woke, um, or it's the a good word woke. Yes. Yeah. Like, like I think high performance athletes now, um, especially in the last year, um really and I, I i can't talk about about other sports but i think there were like four or five head coaches like fired last year and like that's yeah. a, that's a that's a large number um to there's, do there's, with just yeah. misconduct and and inappropriate you know methods and and etc and i and i think i think that's a really good way of putting it just that babcock was put in a or 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 did something that at a certain time was maybe not acceptable, but not seen as, as vastly inappropriate as what it was after it got released or after it got reported. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. So yeah, I, I just don't, I think with everything kind of going on with, with the new kind of woke culture um, athletes go through right now, you can't be kind of doing those things. There's, and as much as like, I could sit here for I could just sit here from my little microphone and say, "Oh, I think coaches should should be tough on their their players no matter what as long as they get wins." When in reality, Simon, if someone yelled at me, I'd start crying right in front of them. So, like it's it's well, hard to be in these these positions because they want to win at all costs, but at the same time, um, as an athlete, your mental health is really important. So, and I also think Jacob, this was like this goes right back to the Pierre Luc Dubois John Tortorella situation right like i think john tortorella is one of the last prominent coaches that is very very embedded in that style and i i saw this online somewhere about this uh dubois situation and and they said haven't you ever worked for someone and they treat you like shit and then you disengage in the workplace and i think that's a very very similar thing to what maybe happened with, and I know he said very, very point blank that he said point blank that it wasn't Tortorella, but regardless, if you're getting yelled at 
and by your superior, wouldn't you shut down? Wouldn't you not want to you know, do your absolute best? And I think that relates right back to the, the coach. And, and, you know, Tortorella has as much invested in, in, in wanting Dubois to succeed. Like, like Torts' contract is up this year. Like, he wants to win. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 and I, I don't, I don't want to go back into that, uh, that story, but I, I do see the direct relationship to it and just that, you know, you know, screaming your head off or, or doing these unorthodox coaching practices. And I also think there, there, there's a difference between what Babcock did, did and what, you know, a Bill Peters did. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure there is. Um so, those are not the same. Those are like not the one same. of those are like, you know, Babcock was, yeah, that's inappropriate. And Bill Peters is like, yeah, get out of the game. We don't like that's not happening yeah. here anymore. 100%. Um hundred percent. But regardless, it all ties back into this what we've kind of called this woke era of coaching and training and getting young millennial high performance athletes to perform and it's not screaming their head off it's or screaming your head off at them it's relationship it's emotional intelligence it's you know all of these things that are are being instilled into the the, into the coaching programs you know these days and it's all starting at at, at the youth sports and i think there will always be coaches like tortorella right you can't take um you know hockey will always have those types of coaches it's embedded in it and hey man torts Torts can win. Um, it's just he's. It, it's going to be interesting. I guess is kind of my closing point to to this Babcock story. I thought I thought the athletic got got some flack. I didn't think you know the athletic got some some negative uh, reception to this the, this article, and I, I don't know if that's completely uh, justified. I I do think the the article was worded in a specific light and i think it was very very beneficial to babcock especially since the whole timing of the nbc analytical um kind of deal and and things like that i didn't learn anything from the article i read it like halfway through and i'm like yeah this is and i like as i got like further through it i was like hey yeah no this is not i didn't see it didn't appear to be authentic but hey time can time will only tell and i i i he can, you know, prove himself. And if he really wants to to be back on the the game, and if uh, the front office thinks that he would be a good fit for a team, do it. If he if he you know he said he and in the clip that I showed you, like he said he wants to reinvent himself and finding the finding the best practices and and et cetera et cetera et cetera. And if all of that, if there is some merit to that, then hey, do it. Like you know, go for it and and stuff like that. Hundred percent. I think people can evolve, and they need to evolve to to stay in kind of the game right now. So, yeah. And then I guess we'll just end on one quick note. Um, quick. Uh, what's the opposite of a shout out, Simon? It's not a roast, but it's it's we're 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 illuminating shit. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. So quick illumination of bullshit to Sportsnet. Um, Specifically, Simon, I'll start. Specifically, and I'm sorry um, if you ever hear this, but Hazel May 
you cannot say that we signed Brantley only to realize we never even got close to signing Brantley. Um, for those of you Apparently who don't know. Apparently there were only just talks. Like there wasn't even like a, like a deal. Like it was like there were talks and there were, but like there wasn't anything like of a legit um like there wasn't anything apparently yeah no there wasn't so for those of you who don't know um right after the jay sign springer they were said to be really close in a deal with michael brantley another very good player um from houston that was a free agent this year um and then hazel hazel may from sportsnet says jay's agreed a two two or three year deal with michael brantley worth 30 million dollars everyone's like yeah let's go uh, and literally an hour later, we have some of the analysts from the MLB network saying, Jay is no. very far apart on this, actually, to re-sign with Houston. So, um, yeah, um, that was disappointing. Another one of those things where it's just like, I would have been fine if there was just no mention of this, but if you're going to go and tell me that we got this really solid player right after getting another solid, like, great all-star level player. Yeah, his friend. Or like his yeah, like yeah because you know I mean? they were like, they were close friends and they were they're represented by the same uh, agency too like they were like there was there was some traction to the Jays potentially getting him but yeah Hazel May comes out with uh, per source three year deal uh, hashtag Jays and so everyone was losing it you, you and I were losing it I sent you Hazel May's tweet and I was like yo bro this happened and so um, Simon with the baseball news I'm telling you. It's either got to come from Jeff or it's got to come from Ken. If it doesn't come from those two guys, it's not real. Okay. And I, I feel bad for her, man. Like you got to like, not only do you get it wrong, but like all of like the senior MLB insiders are like, actually, no, she's completely wrong. This is what's happening. Like that's a tough, uh, no. that's a no, tough I don't pill feel to swallow. Bad. No, she can swallow it. On... <laughs> On the same on, note, Simon, I think on the, you on have the a... same boat. Um, I don't have I don't have a specific I don't have specific beef with a, a like an individual insider. I just hate the NHL panel. Um, every time I hear them talk, I I just how do you have a job, Anthony Stewart, and I'm calling him out because I can't listen to you anymore. Or uh, we're calling out Anthony Stewart. So Anthony, every time he talks, I want to throw up. He, Nylander has to have a a bounce back season. What do you mean? What do you mean he has to have a bounce back season? He scored thirty goals. What are you saying? What are you saying? Sheldon Keith. Sheldon Keith. Yeah, ready. Sheldon Keith is on the hot seat if this if the Leafs don't do anything this year. Excuse me? Excuse me. What do you mean? He has yet to coach a full season and he's on the hot seat? Sorry, sorry. Is this is this the same Sheldon Keefe that the Leafs were the highest offensively dominant team in the NHL since he took over? Is that is that Sheldon Keefe? Yeah, I, I think so. What do you mean? Like just like the, the narratives they create are so dumb. Just show games in the intermissions. Just show other games. I don't want to listen to them anymore. Brian Burke, retire, man. You 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 screwed over the Leafs. Every time, every time you talk about Morgan Riley, 
I, I hate it. Yes, you drafted him. Awesome. Okay. No, I don't think I don't think he is the best defensive defense the Leafs have, Burke. But no, say it because you're the one who drafted him. I it it gets me so mad. I I I can't listen to them talk anymore. Let's uh let's just get the rights, eh? We'll uh we'll throw on our pod. Well, that's uh, what for I, the intermission. Do something. Like do something. Do something better. I don't I don't like TSN because they hate John Tavares for whatever reason, but at least like <laughs> I can kind of respect like their Darren? insiders. You like Darren? Dar- per Darren Dreger? Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! All right. Um, like, do I like? And like, I just can't anymore, man. I like it. Just it's 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 hurting me emotionally. Um, just a reminder to everyone: we are seven games in. Seven games. Well, that's the other thing too. Like, I know I'm reacting, but like, man, you're saying that Keith's in the hot seat. What are you saying? How like how are you employed? <laughs> like. What? Bring back a uh, Nick Kiprios. <laughs> Man, he I think he has a podcast. I like or he's doing something. Like he's not out of the out of the business, but I you Simon and I met him. Simon and I met him once. Why? Uh, Where? At least game. Is he unreal? We met him together. Were we there? Did we, we meet we him? We met him together. We did. Nice. Did we actually? <laughs> yes. Were we with uh Wildebor? Yeah. Oh, unreal. Unreal. Quick shout out. Yeah. Quick uh quick what are we Nick or or, or Weldebor or both? Are we <laughs> a little bit of both? A little bit of both, eh? All right. Um Jacob, send us off here. All Tell right. Thanks for uh thanks to everyone for listening. Please, if you've listened this far, I encourage you to share this if you enjoyed it. Um, whether it be on social media, whether you just send it to a friend, whether you tell someone you enjoyed it, or even just saying hey out loud. I liked this. Please, anything you guys can do to kind of spread the word, we appreciate it. Um, If you enjoy it, let us know. Let us know if there's something you always want to talk, you want us to talk about. So thanks for listening if you are listening, but we'll see you next week. 